I'm Kate Daniels. I think one of the most heart-wrenching situations in our community and our country is the people, and children in particular, who go hungry, who don't have enough food each day. I think you'll agree that this shouldn't be happening in the world and certainly not in the United States. But because hunger exists, we do have some good and healthy ways that our kids can be sure to have a good meal through the summer months. To give us the important details is Jennifer Mitchell, supervisor of the State Summer Food Service Program for all of our kids. Jennifer Mitchell, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you back with us this morning. Good morning, Kate. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be talking with you today. Well, today is a really key part uh, to follow up on what we did a couple of months ago when we were inviting participants to sponsor this important summer food service program. Today, we have a different and extremely important focus, and that is with our kids, right? That is absolutely right. We want to uh, get the word out to families about where to go during the summertime to, uh, to find meals. You know, during the school year, um, most families rely on the school districts where their kids are going to school or to daycare to um, help feed their kids during the day. Um, it relieves some of the burden on families that are um, struggling. And in the summertime, they start to get fairly nervous, actually, before the end of school year. They start to get fairly nervous because they're not sure where they're going to be um, taking their kids to, to get something to eat or if there's anything available. So we want, we want everybody to know where their kids can go to get free meals throughout the entire summer. And when you mention the word nervous, parents are nervous, but aren't the children, didn't you mention to us before that the children get nervous about this too? Yes. Um, when I speak with food service workers at school districts, um, what I hear is that they can see that kids are starting to get a little antsy and, and asking, are, you know, are you going to have meals here this summer? Um, they, they see some children start to put, th- put food in their pockets. And, um, you know, it's, it's generally um, it, people are just seeing that kids are just really just starting to ask more questions about where they're going to be getting their next meal when, when school's out. So in part... This is a double-edged sword. It is really heartbreaking to think of children being in that situation, like, where am I going to get some food and to even be pocketing some food? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, the fact that they're asking the question, isn't that helping to maybe direct them to food service programs? It is. um, You know, I'm glad that children are asking, but um, it, it can you imagine just the angst that's going on in that child's brain to have to actually ask where meals are going to be offered during the summertime? I mean, summertime is supposed to be a time when, you know, you relax and you have fun and you get to do all the things that you don't get to do during the school year. But that shouldn't include not getting fed. It shouldn't, it shouldn't include being hungry all summer. Um, you know, summertime is a time when we're still growing, you know, children are still growing, and you know, not only growing uh, physically, but mentally as well, and they need to be well-nourished during the summertime. So that's what the Summer Food Service Program's goal is to um, help bridge the gap during the summertime when school's out um, to, to provide a place for kids to go and have a meal and continue their growth the way that they're supposed to grow. Because, of course, that 
nutrition is so important for brain function and all of that plays into them being able to be healthy during the summer to be ready to go back to school again. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, we, I mean, we want them to be able to have a hunger-free summer so they can enjoy summer and grow and learn and have fun. But we also want them to be ready to go back to school, um, you know, 100% when they go back to school instead of going back to school and being so hungry that that is truly their first focus for the first couple of days of school. And so they're already behind the eight ball. So we just, we just want to keep them developmentally ready all summer long. And feeding them, giving the child a meal during the summertime is such a precious gift that our community can give. And so I, I want to just say, first of all, thank you to all those uh, organizations in Washington State that are offering free meals throughout the entire summer. We've got some real good champions in the state. And so we do have places where children can get fed this summer. Perfect. And when is this going to all begin for our kids? Well, um, the summer food service program can start as soon as school ends. So depending on where you are in the state will really depend on when that happens. Um, <clears throat> over on the east side of the state, we, we have schools that are, that are getting out as early as next week. And so some of the programs are starting the first week of June. Um, and and there's, there's a variety of different ways that you can find out where those meals are and what time the meals are being offered. And to find that out, uh, how do they go about that? Well, there's um, a national hotline phone number and website uh, that anybody can call, text, or um, go online and look up and find out where, their, where the closest meal site is in their zip code area. So would you like those, um, would you like those numbers and, and whatnot? Let's mention those, yes. Okay, great. So anybody can text. The word FOOD, F-O-O-D, doesn't matter if it's all caps or lowercase or not, to 877-877, and the National Clearinghouse will send an email or a text back to the, um, to the texter and say, thank you for uh, texting, Where, what, address would you, what address are you at? And they'll give you the next uh, three closest meal site locations with phone numbers, uh, addresses, and the meal services that are available. So if you, if you don't want to text and you want to go online, you can go to summerfoodrocks.org and you can, you can look it up yourself. Or if you just want to be old-fashioned, you can call. And that phone number is 866-348-6400. Great. So this allows for any kind of situation where people will be able to access it. Now, if there still is a challenge uh, when you were uh, mentioning the website, and I, I thought about libraries where there's always free computer usage available. Mm -hmm. So that's a great place to go if, uh, if there isn't a computer at home and being able to find the information. Right. Um, USD is really trying to... Um to help families in three different ways. You know, they, they know that some people text, some people can only call, and some people go online. And if you are a Spanish speaker, all you need to do when you call, text, or I mean, instead of texting the word food, you can text the word comida, which is food in Spanish, C-O-M-I-D-A, and you'll get a response back in Spanish. If you call and you ask habla espanol, 
they'll they will have a um, Spanish-speaking person come online and talk with the family members in Spanish. So there are opportunities for non-English-speaking individuals to call and get some help. Um, if there's other translations that are necessary, they will find uh, somebody who can accommodate to the best of their ability. Uh, but typically, it's the Spanish-speaking um, community that, that calls. Um, that's the most populous uh, non-English-speaking group that we have. So um, there's Spanish available readily. Perfect. So we were talking about the the children getting anxious. They're children who do re get food uh, programs at school. Will the summer food service program serve only them, or can any child participate? That's a really good question, Kate. Thanks for asking that. The summer food service program is designed for any child 18 years of age and younger. doesn't matter if they're in school or not. If they're 18 years of age and younger, they can go to any summer food service meal site and get a free meal, no questions asked. They don't, they don't, have, to, they don't have to bring any kind of ID. Their, their name isn't asked. Um, it's any child, documented, undocumented, in school, not in school, 18 years of age and younger. You want a meal? You're hungry? Come and eat. When you think back to previous years and you've perhaps undoubtedly actually gotten feedback about it. Do kids seem at all hesitant to come to any of the food sites or do they feel like, oh, great, I'm, I'm going to get some food here. I'm going to be satisfied. Yeah, good question. Um, what we found, you know, our sites, the summer food service uh, meal sites, are in a variety of different locations. They're in parks, churches, community centers. We even have some in healthcare centers this year. But we, the most commonly found sites are in schools. And those are the places where um, families are not sure if they sh could bring their kids into. Because, you know, if you're um, 13 years old and the, and the meal site is at an elementary school, or if you're 7 years old and the meal site's at a high school, you might be a little intimidated or scared to go into that school and eat. Um, but rest assured, anybody... 18 years of age and younger can go to any site and eat for free, no questions asked. Um, the, the other challenge for sites is families, you know, it's not just the kids that are hungry in the summertime, it's the parents and the older, you know, the older individuals in the households that are over 18 years old that are coming with the kids that are hungry as well. Right. And that can be a challenge because the, the program accommodates free meals only for children 18 years of age and younger. However, there are some sites that will, um, that will sell meals to adults in the community, and uh, you, most of the meals are um, $3.75. So where else can you get an entire meal for lunch, for example, for $3.75? Exactly. It's a good deal. Yes. So... That takes care of the children um, for today, for tomorrow. Well, it depends. Is this just Monday through Friday? What about the weekends? Yeah, um, hunger never takes a break, does it, does it no. Kate? No, it, it really doesn't. One of the things that I've been working really um, diligently with our hunger advocates this year is to promote the idea of what we would call a wraparound service where 
um, one site might have uh, one sponsor might have a site Monday through Friday, but the kids are still hungry on the weekends. So there's other sponsors that we're trying to find that will come in on weekends and serve meals at the same location. So families don't have to scramble to go to a different place or that kind of thing. They just know that that's where they can get meals 24/7. Unfortunately, um, you know it's it is difficult to get uh, some people that are willing to work on the weekends as well. So um, that's it's a slower process for us. But there are some sites that are open on the weekends. Um, mostly the ones that are going to offer meals on the weekends are on Saturday. So at least that e- eases the burden a little bit. The difference between summer meals on the weekends versus the weekdays is, you know, the kids are home alone during the weekday, and their family members are typically home on the weekends with them. So what they do on the weekends with their families are a little bit different. So some sponsors that have had sites on the weekends in the past um, have indicated that, you know, we, we don't get the same amount of kids that come in on the weekends as we do on the weekdays. So it's... You know, there's a fine balance between do we have enough kids to support uh, having uh, a program on the weekend or not. And that's that's where food pantries and churches that are offering um, meals on the weekends can really help. So if you're looking for food on the weekends, uh, you might want to call your local food bank because they can help you out with either food donations or tell you where... Um, you, you might be able to find a meal on the weekends that's not part of the summer food service program. Great. Good recommendation on that part. Yeah. So the meals that the children will get through the week, through the weekdays, uh-huh. what does this look like? Hmm. Well, it really depends on what the sponsor and the site are offering for that particular site. Um, under the rules of the program, no site can offer any more than two meal types per day. So that could look like a breakfast or a lunch. It could look like a lunch or a snack, or it could look like a, two snacks. So just two different meal types. Breakfast is typically, um, at a minimum, uh, you would have cow's milk. You would have some kind of a bread grain, maybe like a cereal or a pancake, and then a fruit or vegetable. So it could be um, as simple as blueberries, uh, pancakes, and milk for breakfast. It sounds like a pretty good breakfast, right? Yes, yeah, yes. and, uh, you know, if, uh, typically those sites that are selling breakfast to adults, it's about $2.25. Reasonable. I mean, that's a good deal. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. If you're hungry, that's a good deal. And then for lunchtime, um, typically you would still have your cow's milk and you would have maybe um, a sandwich and some fruit and some vegetables. So it could be a, a ham and cheese sandwich with, or not ham and cheese, but maybe turkey and cheese sandwich with, an apple and carrot sticks, and then milk. Or it could be um, a hot meal. It could be something like uh, spaghetti and meatballs with green beans, oranges, and uh, a milk. So it, 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 could, it could run the gamut. It really just depends on the, the site's capabilities of offering um, a hot meal or not, and then uh, what type of services, you know, what, what um, I'm sorry, what kind of... Um, preparation skills their cooks have as to what, you know, how elaborate the meal service could be. And I could see that if it's in a building where you might have kitchen facilities versus being in the park, mm-hmm. you're going to have two different kinds of situations going on. So thinking in terms of 
offering two meals, if it's in a building site, Mm -hmm. do they have, say they have a breakfast and they have a lunch, are these being offered at these two different times that not, uh, they're not saying here's have breakfast now and then here's your, your lunch to take with you? Yeah, that's a really good question, and thanks for asking that, Kate. So under the rules of this program, children have to stay on site and eat the meal. So it would be two separate meal service times. For example, breakfast could be at 9 to 9.30, and lunch could be from 12 to 12, or 12 to 1. Um, some sponsors have found that kids don't get up in the morning uh, for breakfast in the summertime, so they change their um, breakfast time until 10 o'clock. You know, or, you know, they offer breakfast at 10 and offer lunch at 2. But children have to come to the site and eat on site. And there's a couple of different reasons for that rule. The first one is to make sure that the child is uh, able to eat the entire meal. You know, they, they have a safe place to come and eat that they don't have to share with anybody. Um, the, you know, the nutrition package for them for that meal is all theirs. Um, they can, if the site allows them to, take a fruit or a vegetable to eat later. So they could, you know, maybe take an apple with them. <clears throat> it just really depends on the site. Um, but, yeah, they do, they do have to eat on site. The other reason why um, the rule is that they have to stay in the congregate meal service, is what we call it, in the, in the same setting, is because we found that there are some locations where children are being coerced into going and getting a meal and then running off and then bringing it back and, and feeding the entire family with their one meal. So, it, you know, we just want to make sure that all children in the family, 18 years of age and younger, can come and get a meal. They don't have to, they don't have to uh, share it with anybody. Thinking about the quantity then, you have, uh, say, a six-year-old child and you have a a teenager, even an 18-year-old, the amount they're going to consume or need to consume is going to vary. Yeah. uh, During the summertime, you know, it's a fine balance between feeding kids and also making it easy enough for sponsors so that they're willing to actually offer the meal during the summertime. So what we, with the USDA has done is they've made the meal pattern very simple and uh, there's only one meal, their portion sizes. There's just one portion size for all age groups. But sponsors and sites can offer more for children to eat. Um, They also have a a concept called a share table. So that's when when children, uh, maybe the younger ones, can't eat everything or they they don't want something that's being offered to them, but they have to take it so that the site can get claim the meal for reimbursement. Uh, the child can perhaps put the apple or the carrots on the share table, and the child who's hungrier can go to the share table and get that. So there's, there's different ways to augment the portion size for different age groups. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, what I like to say is uh, the 17-year-old is going to have a different concept of what's going to fill them up than the three-year-old. So we have to uh, look and see how we can accommodate both of their needs. Right. tables help with that. And it's conceivable that a a 17-year-old is the the caretaker, is the babysitter in the family. Or the parent. Well, yes, of course. That could be the case, too. So they both can get the food. So there would be two meals, and they can just divide it up between them as to 
you know, what, what really suits each individual? Well, um, you're not supposed to share your meal. So what, what the younger child would do is they would potentially put the food that they didn't want to eat on the share table and then, you know, so those are the rules. And then the, um, the older child would go and get the, the difference. So you can't eat off another person's uh, meal as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's why we have the share tables. If they're hungry, I mean, there are some sites that will offer bigger meals to older children. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to get the older kids in. It's not cool to be hungry and go to a site and get free food if you're older. Um, <clears throat> so getting them there in the first place is, is a feat of accomplishment. Uh, feeding them well is, is another matter altogether. So, um, you know, it's younger kids, they're, they're easier. But, you know, if they're hungry, they're going to go and get something to eat. But the older kids, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to get them there and then to feed them well. So we really are wanting to get this message out for that reason, too, is to really encourage. It's, it's not cool to go starving yourself either. Nope, it's right. not. So to, to get to these sites and to take advantage of it. How many sites do we actually have across the state, Jennifer? Well, we don't know how many we're going to have this year. Um, we're looking at over 1,200 sites this year. That's the projection. Last year we had a, a little over 1,000 sites. Um, so, you know, in the, last, in the last four years, we have grown about 20% uh, of the number of sites that we have in the state of Washington. Um, and that's because we have some really great hunger advocates that are out there just pounding the pavement, getting everybody they can to put a site where there hasn't been one in an underserved area. So about 1,200 sites that are feeding kids throughout the entire summer. Um, you know, we have some areas that don't have any sites at all, and that's, you know, it's a shame, but that's, you know, very rural areas are the places where we tend to find that there's not um, an ability to have a congregate feeding site, and that's typically, typically because the kids can't get there. There's no way to get them into the site. You know, during the school year, there's busing um, that the school offers that gets kids into, um, into school, but during the summertime, busing's not there. So kids are pretty much just you know, stationary at home, and they can't get out to um, where they need to to get those meals. So it's a tough one. So this is really so incredible that it begins uh, as soon as school lets out, and it will actually last until how close to school beginning? Well, it's up to every single site is different, um, but we have we have some sponsors that start the day after school ends, and they're going until the day before school begins. We have other sponsors that that can't do that based on staffing needs. So it really just depends and. Um, you know, what I would say is make sure that you call, email, or text uh, the, uh, the National Clearinghouse, which is where you can find where the meals are this summer, um, because there might be more than one or two locations uh, close to a family uh, where they can, you know, decide where they want to go eat that day. Wouldn't that be a nice option? I think I'll go to this site today for lunch, and I'll go to that site tomorrow for lunch, and it's, it's kind of a nice thing. Or it might be that you know, for the first two weeks of summer, um, a, um, a sponsor that's not part of a school district is uh, offering meals at, at, at the park, and then 
while summer school's in session, the school district is offering summer food service meals for all community kids. And then when summer ends, or summer school ends, they, the school district stops feeding the meals. But the uh, community member who started feeding the kids at the beginning of the summer finish out the summer feeding the kids. So it might be in a couple different places. Um, but the, uh, the meal service is in the community still. So it really just, uh, it just depends. This is such an incredible, obviously a critical program, and it's providing such a fundamental need to, to our kids, to our youth in the community. How is it funded? Where does all the, the money come from? Um, well, this is a federally, uh, it's a federal program, and so it's taxpayers funded. It's, you know, it's all of our tax dollars at work. So, um, you know, it's, it's a great thing to be a taxpayer knowing that you're helping to feed kids during the summertime, isn't it, Kate? Yes, actually, absolutely. It's like I'm happy to pay my taxes. I know that they are really doing something so good. So I'm happy to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think too. Yes. I'm, and I'm sure as people hear that, that's the feeling there as well, that it's so constructive in this way. Yeah, and I, and I just want to follow it up by saying that, you know, the, the federal government provides reimbursement to sponsors, but 70% of the sponsors out there subsidize the program, meaning the reimbursement doesn't pay for everything to, to manage this program, to operate this program. So the sponsors are taking on um, some financial burden themselves. So the school district might... Um, might receive reimbursement for the meals that they're serving this summer, but they're still having to pay a little out of pocket in other funding to um, to staff the sites or, or something like that. So it really uh, it, it becomes a labor of love into the community for the, some of these sponsors to offer the meal program because they're paying out of pocket, uh, so to speak, for these meals. But doesn't that really underscore how we are family community? that we really are committed to supporting each other because I always go back to this particular phrase, we are only as strong as our weakest link. So it's so important for us to take care of each other. That's absolutely right. Um, and and it's, it's amazing to see how communities are pulling together to make sure that the kids are fed throughout the entire summer. Um, we are only as strong as our weakest link. I, I truly agree with that. And our weakest link is, a, is the children in the community. You know, they can't fend for themselves. They look to the adults to help them do what needs to happen so that they can live um, the best life they can, getting, you know, growing and developing so they can become adults that we, you know, we want in our community, you know, that give back to the community, that, that make a difference in the community. And so we're basically, when we feed a child during the summertime, um, we are investing in the future. And childhood, don't we really wish for children to be able to be children during those years, not to have to become an adult really too early? There's many, many years for that to happen. Just to have that stress alleviated so they can really be healthy and run and, and smile and just have a great summer. Yeah, that's, that's what summer's supposed to be like, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. That's, and don't we yearn for that? I mean, I mean, 
I remember going to the park when I was a little girl, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was receiving summer food service meals at the park. Um, I was one of those kids that was hungry, and I, I didn't realize that it was a program that was federally funded that I was getting a meal from, um, but it helped make my day better because I knew that I could get a meal in the park if I went there to play. And so I got to play, I got to eat, I got to, you know, um, do some activities with the Parks and Rec Department. Um, those are some of my fondest memories as a child is going to the park and, and participating in, in that whole experience. And uh, I don't know if the meal service hadn't been available, I don't know that I would have been able to be as energetic and, and engage in the activities that I was because I would be too focused on being hungry. So, um, yeah, let's, you know, this, this program does so many, so many things that we don't even think about. Um, it's not just feeding a child. It's taking away some of the angst that a child has so that they can truly enjoy just being a kid. And that's really what we desire to have happen. And thank you for sharing your story, Jennifer, because we then see how this is such a cycle of life, how you received, now you're so instrumental in organizing the program so that it is available to all the other children here in our state. Yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Um, it, it's funny. So I just, I think it's ironic that I'm now managing the program in the state that helped feed me when I was a child. So, <laughs> But see, that's the thing. You were able to do well and thrive because of it. You were able to go on and get the education to be able to work and do this uh, wonderful project that is helping other children. So hopefully it continues and they have the same kind of great future as well. Yep. Yep. yep, I agree with you. And, you know, it's, it's great that um, the community has so many volunteers that come in and help with this program as well during the summertime. Um, you know, it's not just going, I mean, some sites actually, you know, all they can afford to do is feed a meal. They, they don't have the money to um, fund activities and whatnot or pay for somebody to do the activities with the kids. But then there are other um, sites that get uh, volunteers from the community that, you know, during the school year, they might be working at the school, they might be teachers, they might be doing things that are, they're willing to donate their time and their services to engage children, to keep them coming back to these sites to get fed, but they're also getting um, fed in other ways, you know, with their mind development, their body development. So, um, yeah, we need, we need the, the food service sites, not just to feed the kids, but also to, um, to nourish them in other ways. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer Mitchell, I am so grateful that you do this important work and that you've taken time with us this morning to really give us this important overview. This has been really great, and let's look forward to a really wonderful summer. Yes, thank you so much, Kate, for uh, giving me the opportunity to share. Um, we really uh, would love to feed every single child this summer, so, so thank you for the opportunity. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great one. Well, you are most welcome.